church. Come on. The lighting in here makes you handsome. Come on. All right, siéntate. Let's go. That's enough. Come on. This ain't a party. Let's go. We got the word to get into. I got scriptures to read. I got, I got stuff to drop. I'm, I got a lot of heavy stuff on my heart that I want to drop today. We're in the middle of a series called Seven Foot Love. So if you're new here, that's why you walked in in the lobby. There's this huge seven foot love in the lobby. That's just to remind people, to let people know and to remind each and every one of us that there is a love in God that's bigger than you. Come on, say amen. amen. If you amen me, we go quicker. If not, then I got to like drudge through it and it's hard. Amen. So there's a love we need to know and we need to understand and we need to share with the world that there's a love. Listen, listen, receive this. There's a love that's bigger than your issues. There's a love that's bigger than your problems. There's a love that's bigger than your trials. There's a love that's bigger than your temptations. There's a love that's bigger than your fears. There's a love that's bigger than your lifestyle choices. There's a love that's bigger than your past. There's a love that's bigger than your sins. There's a love in Christ that's bigger than your mistakes. And like Pastor Lou shared last week, there's a love that's so big that there's a love that forgives. Amen. Amen. Let's go home. That was great. God bless you. Seven Foot Love is a message series of reconciliation. That's just a fancy word by, uh, uh, to say to be made right with people and to be made right with God. It's a message of Love, a message of forgiveness, and it's a message of building community. And the, the bottom line is we need to learn to live that in here so that we can walk it out out there. All right? We good? All right, listen up, listen up. My former, my former pastor, he used to end every sermon, every single sermon with one phrase. What was it, Mark? Love one another. Love one another. Now, and back in those days... Uh, Mark, Mark was the sound guy and I was the audio visual guy in the back and so after every message I'd have a little slide ready and I'd have it in different fonts I'd have it in different sizes I'd have it sliding in this way dropping in this way but I was ready with the enter key at any as soon as he said amen and finished and I knew he was going to say love one another and I would put it up on the screen every Sunday, every Sunday, love one another, love one another, love one, love one another. Lo I, there's no other way to say it, right? It's just love one another. For 15 years, I heard that. At, oh, yeah, because I stayed at the same church for 15 years. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean that no new churches opened up around there that were cooler? Oh, yeah, there were. But see, I believe being where God has me is the coolest place that I need to be. Amen? But that's just a side note. Let's not even get into that. So yeah, for 15 years, I heard that at the, same, at the end of every message, every love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. <laughs> when we started this church and I started pastoring, I was so worried that just out of habit, every, when I finished the message, I would say, love one another. And I said, man, for me, that's going to be so corny because that's not me. You know, and, 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 and I was, I was, I I was self-conscious about that. But you know what? 
as we approach our 10th year as a church. Amen. In, in, in like two months, we're going to make 10 years. As I, as I hit the 10-year mark, pastor, in this wonderful church, I'm starting to understand more and more that the reason he never swayed from that is because that's God's heart. That's God's heart. That is the heart of God. We have been loved so that we can literally love one another. That's our call. Do you understand? That's your purpose. Some people say, I got no purpose. I just gave you one. That's your purpose. Your purpose is to love one another. That's crazy. That's our mandate. That's our mission. No wonder he said it every week. It's one of the greatest challenges that we have as a church, isn't it? Consequently, it's one of the greatest blessings that we have also to be loved by one another. Isn't it awesome? Anybody like not like being loved? Bebe. Get out. I don't know. You got no business being in church today. So Pastor Mark Gregory, if you ever hear this message by any chance, thank you for imprinting that on our hearts. And let's move on. Amen. As I was studying for this message series, I found that there were over 50 one another's in the scriptures. Repeated throughout the scriptures again and again. And, and, and you, you need to understand this because I'm not preaching this series so that you can all sit here fat, dumb, and happy with the knowledge, oh, God loves me. That's an awesome message and we need to receive that, but it's bigger than that. This love is so big that it's meant to overshadow you. It's meant to overflow from within you onto other people. That's the purpose of this great big love. Amen? It's to work through you. So I'd like to share a message today in this seven-foot love series titled, The One Another's. The One Another's. Andy Stanley put it this way when he talks about it. This This is cool. He says, the prime activity of the church is one anothering one another. That's our main call. The main purpose and call of the church is to one another one another. Oh, you're going to get that by the time we leave today. (laughs) So let's get get into some of these one another's. And, And just so you know, this is not my idea. Just so you know, I didn't make this up. I'm not that clever. This is not my clever thinking and putting and fancy preaching. I'm giving you the scripture. So if you have any issues with it, take that drama to your mama, amen? Take it up with the one that wrote it because I didn't write it. I'm just giving it to you today, amen? Side note, this is a, this is, this is a good test for your spiritual maturity. How many of you want to know that you're growing? Right? I mean, I mean, come on, you don't want to keep coming to church by now if you're not growing. You want to know that you're growing. You want a good test that you're growing so that you know, listen, if you're not growing, you might not be in the right place. So this is a good test to always test with yourself. If I'm not growing, if I'm, then I need to make a move. I need to do something, right? So a good test that you're lo- learning, that you're growing, is when your Christian walk is less about you and more about one another. That's what I heavy. Listen, listen. If, 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 if your walk is lacking some zeal, if your Christian life is boring, 
then, then I'm not a mixologist, but add a little one another in there. Watch that thing change up. Watch flavor start to come out. Watch, watch there be life all of a sudden in you. Add some one another to it, amen? Listen, if you come to church because you need something for you, you need to hear a word of encouragement, you need some healing, you need to, to get to a place where you can be refreshed, to find rest, to have peace, that's awesome. That's why we're here, amen? And, we all, and we're all going to need that. We're all going to get through some seasons. We're all going to have seasons where we just need to come and just receive and just be blessed and just be refreshed. However, at some point, this is where I step on your shoes a little bit. At some point, if, if this is your fifth church this year, And, and you've been, you know, telling every church you go to, yeah, you know, I've been in ministry about, you know, 15 years, you know. You act like, you know, one of the big buffy cops that pull you over. Hey, you know, I've been on the force about 15 years, you know. Hey, yo, hey. I'm sorry, I know there's law enforcement here. No, that's none of you. Those are those guys. But listen, if you've been in, if you're one of those, then you're going to kind of have to ask God, God, you know, it's time to check yourself, Amen. Maybe, 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 you know, maybe you got some hoarding issues. Maybe you got some daddy issues you haven't worked out yet. Maybe you got some, some things that we need to, because we, we need to grow, amen? We need to move on. And, and maybe, maybe we need to learn to trust God some more. Maybe we need to learn how to, how to step out. Honestly, can, can I tell you something for real? This is crazy. I don't come to church for me anymore. I come for you. I come for you. Now, now, don't get me wrong and don't misunderstand this. I go to God daily. I need God daily. Every hour I need you. I'm not, I'm not arrogant. I'm not to the point where I don't you know. No, I need God every day. But, but I don't come to church to get God. I go to God daily because I need Him. Amen? I come to God to give what He gives me. I come to church to share what he shares with me. I come to church so that the overflow, so that some of you can get, can get you know, messed up with the overflow. So that some of you can feed off the crumbs because you haven't gone to the table for yourselves. Oh, that's not that serious. See, when you, when you pour out, God fills you up. And, and, when you, and it takes trust to pour out because sometimes you don't have a lot to give and you give. But when you give, you put yourself in a position to receive. And that's the beauty. But, but to get to that point, to get to that place, it takes trust. Because sometimes, you know, we gotta, you got to risk loving somebody because you've been hurt before. you got to risk because, you know, some other pastor abused and, and, and manipulated and, and was, and you understand what I'm saying. So we got to put ourselves in the place of trust, amen? Why do you think God teaches us so much about tithing and giving and relax? There's no offering coming. Relax. Why do you think he teaches us so much about, you think God needs money? Isn't that, isn't that dumb? Like God could rise up gold from, from like Pelham Bay Park. All of a sudden there's, you know, two mountains of gold in Pelham Bay Park. He don't need money, but he knows that that's crazy with us. And he knows that we have that craziness with money. And he knows that wherever we put our money is, our trust is, and our heart goes. And so God talks about that. He says, you know what? Out of every blessing that I give you, 
Show me that you love me. Give me back a tenth of that. Give something back. Do I need your tenth? No. Just, but with every blessing that you get, practice that you, you, you practice that flow. Practice that flow. A blessing shared is a blessing kept. Well, that's going to get to you later. A blessing shared. All right, so let's get to the one another. We, we got a lot of one another to get to. We'll start with the one that my former pastor loved. Love one another. This one appears by far the most. It appears if, <coughs> if there are 50 one another's in the scriptures, 10 of them are love, love one another. So when something is repeated so many times in the scriptures, we've got to take a look at it. Amen? When, when something is, we have to take notice if something is again and again. We'll see it in John. We'll see it in 1 John. We'll see it in Peter. We'll see it in Thessalonians. We'll, we'll see it all throughout the word. And so it has to matter to God. So let's start. Let me give, give, me, give me that 1 John 13, 34. We've been, we've been on this scripture for a couple of weeks now in this series. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know you're my disciples, if you love one another. Does that sound a little repetitive? Three sentences, three times, love one another. John is saying, some of you are, you know, some of us are real hard-headed. So I'm going to give you in three sentences, three times, the same thing. Love one another, because if you love one another, it's love one another, and I'm calling you to love one another. Let's go to the next one, John 15. If we go further down in the scripture, and you can check this, make sure we didn't, I didn't print all these myself, you know. My command is this, love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than he would lay down his life for his friends. This is my command, love one another. Otra vez, another piece of scripture with a bunch of love one another's in there, like machine gun fire. God is trying to Get, tell us something here. And, and listen, before I go on, listen, men and young people, let me get your attention. Everybody else, you could go check your Instagram again. That's what most of you are doing anyway. So, so men and young people, give me your attention for a minute. Hear me out on this. This isn't, I'm talking about love, but this isn't some emasculating, girly, pink love. I'm not talking about flowers and teddy bears. So men, listen, listen, don't tune out. I want to redefine that word for you today. Okay? See, the word is more about doing than talking. And, and listen, when a man decides to practice this love one another thing, when men decide to practice this, there's an automatic sense of covering and protection in the house. There's a security that we bring to the fellowship if we humble one another and one another one another. Listen, listen. We have young boys here with no fathers. They're, they're in these classrooms right now. I, I, don't, I can't imagine the ratio, but I, I'll tell you it's higher that don't have fathers than have fathers here in church. We have boys in here that need big brothers. They need... They need, they need role models. They need Theos. Theo means uncle, in case you, you know. Can I tell you one of my favorite titles besides daddy is Theo. I love that word Theo. All those kids in here deserve a Theo. Amen? And understand, I, got my, I had no brothers and sisters, so I'm not by blood a, a Theo to anybody. But a lot of kids call me Theo. 
I love that. Every, but every kid in here should have a Theo, but there aren't enough men in here willing to love. I'll, I'll leave that. Let's go to the next scripture. First John. First John 3, 11. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Christ will define it for you in case, you know, I didn't know what you were talking about. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, or, but with the actions and in truth. Verse 23. And this is his command, to believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. 1 John 4, 11. John gets, goes in on this. <laughs> Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to... No one has ever seen God, but if we, God lives in us, and God, His love is made complete. Feel the weight of that for a minute. God's love, God, the creator of the universe. Some of you, some of you think that we are so insignificant that there's no way that the creator of the universe knows me. But God says He knows the hair on my head, even mine. I know for some of you that's simpler for God to know. But God knows even the hair. And so, so that God, His love is made complete in us when we want another one another. Isn't that amazing? That's not some wimpy, wimpy, wimpy kind of love. Okay, let's get off of 1 John. Let's go to 1 Peter. Because Peter's going to drop it on you too. First Peter 4, 7. He says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded, be self-controlled so that you can pray. But above all, love one another deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Above all, he said, be self-controlled, pray. Do, so, so all those things are important. We should be men of prayer. We should, but above all, all that other stuff is religion if, if you don't have this. Above all, above all, love one another because love covers over a multitude of sins. Church, we're too busy sometimes pointing out other people's sins. Hi, give me a chair. I got to sit down. We're too busy pointing out. Oh, but that one, that one, ese, that one, oh, wah, muchacha, and that one, and, and we're too busy pointing out, but, 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 but what does the word say? The word says love people in such a way that your love covers over a multitude of sins. Can you imagine what the church would be like if there was a love in the house that covered over a multitude of sins? What does that look like? That means people come in hurt and broken, and instead of telling them, whoa, 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 you can't take communion. Whoa, whoa, you can't sit up. Whoa, you can't sing. Whoa, 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 you can't. Instead of we're broken, people come in and we cover over a multitude of their sins. We cover them. We say, yeah, yeah. You know what? Take my seat. What? What? 
We got people upset when people sit in their chairs. As if you bought them. Love covers over a multitude of sins. I love that scripture. But wait, it's not just John. It's not just in 1 John. It's not just Peter. Let's go to Paul, 1 Thessalonians. Finally, brothers, we instructed you on how to live in order to please God. Anybody want to live in a way that pleases God? All right, good. Six of you, awesome. We, so how to live in an order to please God, as in fact some of you are living. That's awesome. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will. Listen, he, hear the scripture for a minute. It's God's will that you should be sanctified. It's God's will that you should avoid sexual immorality. Uh-oh, you're stepping on now. This is God's will. Is it Pastor George's will? I mean, it's God's will that you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn how to control your own body in a way that's holy and honorable. Not in a passionate lust like the heathen who don't know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for such sins as we have already told you and warned you. Verse 9. Now, about brotherly love, we don't need to write to you for you yourselves have been taught by God to. And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia. We urge you, brothers, to do so more and more. I love that. I don't want you to think I'm mad today. I'm passionate about this, but I'm not mad, okay? So relax. Don't say, that pastor's always mad. I'm not mad. I'm real happy. And, and so for those of you that are loving people, there's, there's the, there we, anybody feel love when you walk into this house? I mean, there's a, there's a love in this house. I, I, I feel it. I like it. And so, so what the word says here, so those of you that are doing it, continue to do it. Do it more and more, God says. Amen? <coughs> Brothers, do so more and more. Make it your ambition. Watch this. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and to mind your own business. Did God just tell us to mind your own business? Did God, did you see it? It's in the scripture. Check your Bibles. Did God just tell you and me to mind your own business? Oh, God, help us. Lead a quiet life and mind your own business. Verse 12. So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Family, there's a big key that we need to see right here. God sees everything in light of everybody. See, we, we, we see things just in light of us. God, I got a headache, God. Oh, my God, you know. God, I hope they got that chicken at that restaurant today. We pray some really silly prayers sometimes, Amen. Oh, God, I hope they don't run out that chicken before we get out of church because sometimes a lot of people go there and they don't have that chicken. And... But meanwhile, in some country, there's some kid. There's some mom telling her kid, no, no, baby, to go to sleep so you can forget that you're hungry. Some kid that's never tasted chicken. God sees everything in light of everybody. God wants in us to bless us, 
so that we can have the peace of God that we're looking for, so that we can have joy. And, and be careful. I'm not telling you God wants you happy. That's not what I said. Happiness is, is on you. God wants you to have joy. God wants you to have his peace. God wants you to have his sense of purpose. And it's all for good, but it's not just for you. God doesn't do things just for you. He does it for you so that he can use you to bless somebody else. Because you're connected to somebody that I'm not connected to. You're connected. You have a connection to somebody that I'll never meet, that I'll never see. And so it's not for your pastor to do all this. No, my job, the word says, is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Stop pushing it on me. Some of you say, oh, are you speaking because I want to bring my friend? No, no, it's not about me. It's about you. I'm here to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Stop the nonsense. Amen? You're the minister. Uh-oh. So, so, and, and, but why? So he does that so that we would love each other, so that we would understand each other, so that outsiders would see that love and be blessed by it. So that those, those all around us that haven't found peace yet and they're searching for it everywhere, they're searching for love in all the wrong places, they're searching for peace and joy and, and meditation and all kinds of craziness. Meditate to what? And that, like, I, I want to slap somebody sometimes. Oh, I found that meditation is such a blessing because it opens me. Opens you up to what? Shut up. They're searching for peace and joy and all this, and it doesn't satisfy. They're searching for purpose. There are people out there doing good things, but it, it still leaves them empty. Because you can't spell good without God. A band. That was a double barrel. God wants us walking in peace and walking in joy and fulfillment, but again, it's not for us. It's, that, it's so that lady at your job it's so that that boss that you have that you pray against. It's so he could see something in you. It, it's so that that, that employee, that, that co-worker that you have lunch with every day. It's so he could open up one day. And you can drop it like it's hot. Amen. So that you can tell him, listen, my brother, there's a love that's bigger than you. There's a love that's bigger than your screw-up. There's a love that's bigger than all of your past. There's a love that's bigger than your mistakes, man. There's a love that's bigger than that divorce, that ex-wife, that kid, that baby mama drama, that everything that you're going through, man. There's a love that's bigger than that. That's why we're walking in it, amen? Be careful how you live among the godless. Can I, can I tell you that? Be careful how you live, man. Because people are, are, are searching, amen? We, we've been given this world, this, we, we, for, for too long we give God this ugly picture. We give the world this ugly picture of, of God. God is this angry, judgment-filled, vengeful, distant, absent father who's never satisfied with anything they do. They can never be good enough. They can never get things right enough. They can never be in good standing. That's why they don't come to church. They say, I'm not good enough. I can't. I can't with those people. They have doubts. They have insecurities. Well, I can't go to church if I don't even know that he exists for real. I can't go to church with my doubts. 
And, and all alone, we're giving people this picture and, 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 and they're not getting it because we're not showing them that there's a, there's a love that's bigger than this. But we're not showing it because why? We save it for here so that here on Sunday we could jump up and down and dance around. Why? Amen? If all of these one another's God is calling us to live by, it's not just for our sake, it's with them in mind. Would you see that? The mark of a true Christian, let me give you this scripture, the mark of a true Christian, a true man, woman of God. It's in Romans 12.9. Put, put this up, I want you to, to, to check it. We got it? Romans 12.9. Let me give it to you. Let love be genuine. Abhor what's evil. Hate what's evil. Hold fast to what's good. Verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Out do one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. This is good for your marriage. These are good tools for your marriage. You want to be happily married? Listen. Stop Instagramming. Stop talking. Listen. Give the word a couple minutes to, to get in you. Amen? Don't be destroyed. You can Instagram Facebook all day. Stop looking down at your phones. Listen. For a couple of minutes. I dare you to try God for a chance. Amen? Outdo one another. Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Verse 12, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. 13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice with you. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. That's love without hypocrisy. We got to remove that hypocrisy word off the church. I don't. I want to slap that out people's mouths. I know I'm angry today. I'm not though. I'm not. I'm not. The love of God overflowing, really. <laughs> People are looking for that real love. Where my 80s head's at? Real love. I'm searching. One more time, one more time. Come on. Yeah. You guys are funny. The world all around us is searching for that real love. We get it. We've been given it. And we got to walk in it. Amen? It's a command. It's a mandate. We, we can't have this cold, standoffish attitude and say we're Christians. We can't put a bumper sticker on the car. We can't rock a t-shirt and be cold and distant with people. We can't. This is not a nice thing that God said, well, it would be nice if you... No, this is a command. It's a mandate. Love one another. Outdo one another. And, and listen, we're not even started yet. We only got through a couple of the one another's in Scripture. There's so many. There's build one another up. Be like-minded toward one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Greet one another. Well, well greet one another. Hold up. Hold up. Some of you are not going to graduate to love one another until you learn to greet one another. <laughs> Amen. Let's start there. People run in and run out of here. Don't greet nobody. 
and then complain because the pastor's not at the back to greet you. Forget about the pastor. The pastor's a bum. Greet each other. That's your call. Greet one another. That's your call. And who cares if you shake my hand? I'm sweaty. I'm, I'm dirty. I'm, come on. Who cares? Who cares who the pastor is? Greet one another. Before you leave here today, you want to be a, a mark of a... Greet somebody you haven't greeted before. Whoa! Don't come to me to greet me. Greet somebody here you haven't greeted before. Somebody that, that is not in ministry. Somebody that, that, that can't help you get further along in ministry. Somebody that, that, somebody that looks just as broken as you are. Ay, 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 this is getting ugly. Greet that person. That person that looks a little off, a little crazy, greet that person. <laughs> what? Hello? <laughs> greet one another. Care for one another. Serve one another. I'll get through some more next week. But at this point, I know this is getting redundant. Love one another, love one another, love one another, love one I know, I know. And some of you could be saying, Pastor, you're ODing with the love thing. I totally understand, but do you get it? But do you get it? See, it's easy to think that these one another's are just nice things to do. It's about good people doing good things, and there are organizations and religions all over the world doing good things to feel better about themselves, but still, it's about themselves. Everybody wants to do good things in their life so they can feel better about themselves, but, but it's much more than that. There's, there's one passage I hope is going to put all this in perspective for you, and I promise I'll, I'm, I'm closing with this. We find it in Matthew. And Jesus is talking here specifically to his disciples. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. It's in Matthew 25. Those of you that actually have Bibles can check it out. Now, every time Jesus had the opportunity to share, he spoke about the kingdom. He spoke about living the kingdom here. He spoke about the kingdom that we're going to go to. He, 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 you know, what it's going to look like, how we can prepare for it now, how we can walk in it now, what we've been entrusted with. And in this, in this passage, in chapter, the whole of, of, of 25, he, he shares a couple of stories. And, and the, the first story he shares is a quick story about the parable of the ten virgins or, or the virgin's oil. And, and, and this is just how the, when the time came, five were ready and five weren't ready. And so five went with him into the wedding banquet, into the feast of the Lamb, and five were left out, locked out, left in the cold. That's rough. This is rough. This is real stuff. The next, he, he talks about the parable of the talents. Is the next story. It's how three servants, and, and they were each given a, a, a measure of talent, a measure of something according to what they can handle. And, and two of them, really, whatever God gave them, that gifting, that talent, whatever it was, God, they put it to use, and they really used it and, it, and, 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 and they doubled it. But the last guy, the little bit that he was given, he buried it. He didn't put himself to use. He didn't do anything with it. And at the end, it was taken from him. Everybody else went in and he was left out into the darkness. Rough. Rough. And then he tells this simple story. I want you to really get this. Please, 
please put your phones away. Please listen for a minute. I'm closing, I promise. I know pastors lie about that all the time. Please. He tells this simple story about the sheep and the goats. The first two were parables. They were just made-up stories to share an illustration. This one is, is kind of a little difficult to just call it a parable. It's, it's, this is more of an account of how things are going to go down at some point. It's still a story that he's telling. We read about this later in the book of Revelation, and it's a lot clearer, and, and it's not just a nice story. Let's, let's read this one last story in Matthew. It starts in Matthew 25, 31. It says, When the Son of Man comes in all of His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory, and all the nations will be gathered before Him. Picture the scene. And He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He'll put the sheep on his right and he'll put the goats on his left and then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I, went to, I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, but, but Lord, when did we do all of this? When did we see you hungry? When did we feed you or thirsty? When did we give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? When did we see you needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Notice, even the ones that got it right were surprised. He said, when did we do all of that stuff? Verse 40, the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. That's beautiful. But it doesn't end there. And then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Notice Jesus makes it clear here, hell wasn't prepared for us. Hell was a place prepared for the devil and his angels. But here... The goats get sent to the place prepared for the devil and his angels. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't look after me. And they also are going to say, but Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help you? When? And he'll reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for the least of my brethren, you didn't do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Worship team, you guys can come. Now listen, 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 let's, let's, let's dig for, for, for two more minutes. You, you might have heard these verses before and you thought, yeah, God wants us to help the poor and be good people and... And there's plenty of references in Scripture that we should do that and be that kind of people. But here, 
Jesus just gave us a picture of judgment day. The day of judgment where we stand before him and he said he's going to separate people. And to these people he's going to say you're blessed. And to these people he's going to say you're cursed. And we can have all kinds of issues with that in our theology. Oh, this God of love, he's not going to curse anybody. Oh, no. And so we, we could have heard these scriptures and say, well, you know, that we hear that through the word. That means, you know, we're supposed to give the guy in the corner a dollar and we're supposed to. But is that really, who's he talking about here? Let's get into this for a minute because it's important. This might shake some of your theologies. Here it is at the time of judgment. Who is he referring to? Because many people will say that's anyone. But if you interpret scripture with scripture, it's clear who he's talking about here. He's talking about the church. The least of these, he's talking about those in church. These, my brethren. Jesus never called people outside his brothers. He only called his brethren. So he's talking about us here. He's talking about the church. He calls the least of these those that are his followers who are poor and hungry and imprisoned and need clothes and need food and attention. He's not just talking about anyone. He's talking about those that follow him. He's talking about the church. Do you know, church, that there are people right here in this building that are one check away from homelessness? There's people here right now with us that are living in shelters. There's people here right now that, that don't do a full compra every week because they can't. And they're giving the kids crackers as a meal. There's kids, there's, there's people right here in the body, in the church. They might put it together and look nice on Sunday, but they're struggling. They're living paycheck to paycheck. And they need encouragement. And they need finances. And they need people to help them fix some things in their house. They need some help with paint. There's people here that need some help with get their car fixed because they can't afford it. And it's not going to pass inspection. The church is the body of Christ. He's the head. And we're all his body. I, I get so sad for those people that say, <coughs> I can serve God at home. I don't have to be part of a church. Church is man-made religion. No, no, that's wrong. That's not scriptural. The second you decide to follow God, you're automatically and emphatically a part of the body of Christ. You're a part of the church. You're grafted into one body. Now, if you decide to stay home then, and not be part of the family and not partake and not walk out to one another's, you'll never understand the love of God because you can't one another yourself. Why is our greatest mission to one another, one another? Because that which you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto God himself. And you can ask me, are you sure, Pastor, that that's what God means? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Interpret it in scripture for yourself. That's why, that's why when Saul was persecuting the Christians and Jesus approached him, Jesus said, what, why are you persecuting my Christians? He said, why are you persecuting me? You see the, the clear interpretation? Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Saul wasn't persecuting Jesus. He wasn't looking for Jesus. He was looking for those Jesus followers. 
and locking them up, putting them in jail, having them killed. Jesus appears to him and he says, why are you persecuting me? Why? Because that which you've done to the least of them, you're doing it to me, Jesus said. It's the same correlation. By loving me, you love others. By loving others, you're loving God. Do you see the beauty of this? By loving others, you're loving God. That's why some of, some of us, man, will never be that, that the religious type. And that's fine. God's not calling you to be that. By loving each other, we're loving God. That's crazy. That's crazy. Matthew 10 says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of those little ones who's my disciple, truly I tell you that person will not lose their reward. This should serve as such a strong warning to those of us in the church of Christ who don't have a saving faith that's evidenced by their love for one another. They will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. This provides a platform for evangelism. The world needs to see real love. We think evangelism is going out and showing and, and giving tracts, and, and that's a form of it, and that's a part of it, and that's awesome, but they need to see us loving one another. Because otherwise, the other stuff is fake. If they see that and then come here and you're nasty, then that's fake. Whatever you did on the train, whatever you did on the bus, whatever you did in the street, that's phony. If they could come here and receive love, then what you did out there, that's awesome. You were, you were walking in God's will. You're walking in God's favor, and that's awesome. Isn't it interesting, church? That for so long we're caught up in our sin management. And I don't know about you, but, but this, maybe I'm just speaking for me, but we worry so much about, oh man, if, if I sin too much, if I sin too much, then, then my sin's going to keep me out of heaven. And, and what sin is going to keep me from being in a right relationship with God? What sin is going to keep me from the kingdom? And, and if God comes and catches me in this sin, is, is he... But, but did you see a picture of Judgment Day? Did God mention any sins? Oh my God. Maybe we've gotten this wrong. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying your sins don't matter. Don't, don't take this too, too crazy. But here we are, a picture of Judgment Day, and Jesus said, it's not what we did that's going to keep us out. It's what we didn't do that would keep us out of the kingdom of God. Wow. Family, I'm not ODing on the love thing. I think we're just starting to focus on what matters. <laughs> in the words of my former pastor Amen Amen Hallelujah Let's just close out this service with a song that speaks about a love like no other and it's the love that God has for us. It never fails. The one thing remains that his love never fails. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Amen. Even, even as you start that, I'm sorry. I just wanted, I wanted to let you ex explain the t-shirt. I'm not flexing. I'm just showing you a t-shirt. There's movements happening all through the church, and I love it because the church isn't starting it. Well, actually, the church is starting it because you're the church. But there's movements starting, and this is just one that started here by my brother right here in the front. It doesn't say, I love New York. It says, I love you. But I love you with a 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love. And so it's just something that you can rock, and people can say, you know, I love you. What's that about? What's that about? And you can say, man, 1 Corinthians 13, let me show you the love of God. That's a love that keeps no record of wrongs. That's a love that never fails. That's a, a Amen? So this is just another ministry avenue. You can see my brother right here. Raise your hand to get your shirts. Just walk it out, man. I love it. I love it, man. I'm sorry. 